Hey, on today's episode, Bending Truth. We discuss gray areas of integrity, giving false positive recommendations, and the story of a remarkable man who quit his job over $9. I'm Moshe Schoenberg, and this is the Chavrusa Podcast, an exploration of timeless wisdom and ideas that have guided some of history's greatest men and women for over 3,000 years. We discussed yesterday the conditions that are necessary and prerequisites in order for one to leave a review online. Or, in general, in a conversation to somebody that asks you, Hey, should I uh, go to this restaurant? I'm thinking of buying this bottle of beer. What do you think about it? So the conditions that one should proceed with a negative positive review and the long-lasting ramifications it might have. And in response to the topic, there was a comment. One of the Chavrusas commented and said that he had heard that it is okay to leave a false positive review online. So, for example, if you're selling a product on Amazon, or you run a small business to ask others to leave a review, even if they may not have actually purchased the item or visited the restaurant, but to write a false review. And they said it's not a problem of lying because since everybody does this, since everybody knows that there are false reviews out there, therefore it is not a problem of lying. Torah says, one should not lie. This is not lying. And to me, this is a colossal mistake. (laughs) This is going in in the direction that is totally off. The Torah does not say not to lie. It says, don't be dishonest. Torah wants us to be people of integrity. Hashem wants us to be straight, good and be, be all around wholesome people. And the technical definition of is this a lie, is this not? So first of all, I disagree that even on the technical level, to leave a review and say, I bought this item and it was great, or I went to this restaurant and you didn't go, then even on the technical definition, the letter of the law, you're lying. But on the deeper message, what the Torah is trying to tell you, what Hashem wants from us is to be honest and people, to be people that are mindful when we speak, that every word that we utter is with integrity, with care, and with thought. How is it possible for a person to leave a false positive review and then justify it and say that it's fine because everybody does this? What moral system is, is at play here? Where, where's the consistency? And then here's what really got me going. So I expressed my opinion. I shared my thoughts on these reviews and online and the conditions that would be necessary in a group, a social group, a WhatsApp group. I don't know why it says social group, a WhatsApp group of rabbis. And somebody responded that while each condition, every every person should consult their own uh, sources and their own rabbis because 
Midvar Sheker Terchak, which is the verse in the Torah, from all falsehood one shall distance themselves, applies to monetary issues. Applies to monetary issues. And the implication is nothing else. Just monetary issues. So first of all, I responded. I said, what's your source? Like, what? Where are you coming from? That it only applies to monetary issues. Uh, and in fairness, he came back with the response because if you look, in the, the verse in the Torah to distance oneself from falsehood happens to be couched before and after. It's talking about financial things. It's talking about legal tort laws. So therefore, one can potentially suggest that it's talking about the context of financial matters and it's only lying in financial matters that would be forbidden in the Torah. So I immediately responded, first of all, look in the Torah, look in Psalms 101.7 Lo yeshev bekerev beisi oisei remia divrashikarb Hashem says, Lo yeshev bekerev beisi shall not be seated inside my house. Oisei remia, people that deal, that create crookedness that speak falsehoods, will not stand opposite my face, opposite my eyes. Okay, another verse. This is a Mishlei. To avas Hashem It's an abomination to Hashem. Lips of falsehood. Abomination. Oh, this word is bandied about. Now you speak to a uh, archaic type of folks. Oh, it's abomination. It's an abomination. You know what the Torah says is abomination? Sifse shaker. Lips of falsehood. So how in the world could you suggest and say it's financial matters only? What? What are you talking about? Even in the verse itself, midfash shaker from words of falsehood, you should distance yourself. It's unique because you think about, it doesn't say, the Torah doesn't say you, you should distance yourself from murder. You should distance yourself from theft. You should distance yourself from violating Shabbat. It just says, thou shall not murder. Right, so why doesn't it say, thou shall not lie? The idea is, is that the area of lying, there's so much justification. There's so much gray matters that, oh, it's this, it's not really. Da, 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 da. You could go on and on and on. Create a whole course and how to justify your actions. And the Torah recognizes, Hashem recognizes this reality of the human condition. Distance yourself. By the way, super cool also, the word sheker in Hebrew, falsehood. All three letters, it's a three-letter word, all three letters have no basis. So a lot of the letters, let's say Aleph, let's try to visualize the letter Aleph. I know it's a podcast, but you don't have a video component yet. We're looking for a sponsor. We need some cameras and things like that. Reach out. Uh, so the letter Aleph stands on its own. Bet, letter Bays, stands, Gimel. The words falsehood, a shin, a kuf, and a resh, they all are on a point. They're all on a pivot that will topple over. Falsehood doesn't last. Falsehood topples over. As opposed to truth, met, ms. Aleph, mem, and tough. Aleph, 
stands on its own. Mem stands on its own. Tough stands on its own. Truth will always last. Also, Aleph is the first letter. Mem is the middle. And Tough is the last. The entire Torah is a course in truth. And that's really what we're all about. And what we're striving towards is to really find the truth in every scenario, every situation, not to get stuck on the surface level, not to get stuck in what might be popular opinion or conventional thinking, but to really get to the root of it, to really understand the truest of all of, of nature. And the whole endeavor of Torah learning and Torah life is to really uncover the truth and really lock in with it. Of course, it's the understanding in the Gemara. The Talmud says, the Torah says, The seal, the signature of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of Hashem, of the Holy One, Blessed City, is MS. It's truth. It's truth. That is, if you want to sign on the document, how would Hashem sign it? What's God's signature? What is the seal? What's the symbol? The symbol, the emblem of the monarchy. Of Torah's truth. One of the greatest rabbis to ever live in America, his name was Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. And we can just bandy around the word great. Oh, great talk, great uh, podcast. Like, this is great in the epitome of greatness. And part of that was because his signature, his emblem, what he stood for was MS, was truth. Incredible story. You got to hear this one. When he first got here, came from Europe. This is in about, I think it was the 1930s, right before World War II. And he was looking uh, to raise money, raise money for great institutions and establishment, what European Jewry was and the life that was there, not only communities of kindness, communities of families and hospitals and institutions of higher learning and advanced learning of Torah scholarship. Incredible stuff. And he, he figured he'll try his hand in America to raise money for some of these incredible, incredible uh, organizations and foundations. And he's fundraising. That was his first occupation. As he got to America, he's fundraising and somebody gives a donation. That's pretty cool. When you're fundraising, it's a great feeling. $27 donation. This is in the thirties. So with inflation and whatnot, so uh, let's say it's the equivalent of a $118, $180 check. Okay. So you get the check and the person asks for a receipt and the receipt was Amplify. The, the receipt was for $27. It was an $18 donation. Sorry, my mistake. It was an $18 donation and the receipt was written out for $27. $9 gap. And on the spot, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky quit his job. He's in America. He doesn't know what his next job is going to be. He quits for $9 of a lack of complete integrity complete honesty this is a person we get a gift we get a gift and we go ask the gift giver or he would go to the shop where it was bought and have it assessed for its value so you give him a nice glass 
or a bottle of scotch. If we go and take it and figure out its value. Why? <laughs> it seems a little rude. Somebody gives you a gift and you call up uh, the store. How much was uh, how much was paid for this? What's the value of this gift? Someone asked him, like <laughs> one of his students, like saw this and then wanted to learn it. Realized that there must be something deeper here going on. So the rabbi told him, he said, I want to find out its value so that I can pay taxes on it. Because that's the right thing to do. It's the law of the land. Such a sensitivity for doing the right thing. God, God you can't handle a job that does anything that isn't completely honest. Completely straight, completely true. It's completely dumbfounding. As I'm as I'm recording this, I'm thinking about this. The fact that somebody would quit his job on the spot. We hear stories today. You listen to popular uh, CEOs, visionaries, entrepreneurs talking about how they reach a point where they quit their job and they burn bridges and they don't know what's going to be next. But they knew that for their move uh, uh, away from a corporate desk job to start their own company that they're finally ready to take that plunge put themselves at risk and buy into the dream and, and we hear those stories and it's like wow that's inspiring you're able to go out there first of all it may not be really uh really main streamed as it's made out to be this is the topic of adam grant's book originals adam grant Wharton professor, popular author, documents how the majority, overwhelming majority of entrepreneurs and people that start their own companies and startups are done simultaneously with another job. And there he writes that original thinking doesn't mean you have to go out there and think of something and do something rash and, and incredibly risky. It just means to be able to push the system while at the same time being within the system. And it's a great art and something that perhaps is lacking more than ever within our own communities. Being able to navigate ourselves and our communities to stay within what we know, to stay with the process, to stay with what's going good and at the same time to improve it, to lift it up and not just completely veer off course and bring down everything that we've become and everything that we're doing, but be able to stay within and build up at the same time. And that's what these successful people do. But back to Yaakov Kamenetsky for a second. Here's a person that quits his job on the spot, burning all bridges and has a family to support, a large family. I think he had six children at the time. He quits his job because of $9 of dishonesty. Now, <laughs> contrast this to the question of leaving a false positive review, making up a review of whole parcel, whole fabric, to make it up, to try to convince people to buy your product. What would your Biakov think there? What would you think there? This Tov and Yasha spoke about in the episode Free Chava. That's not about following the letter of the law. It's not about going with the definition. 
am I lying here or not? And even if you argue, even if you're right, which I don't think you are, but even if you're right and say that it's not a lie, it's not dishonest because everybody does it and it's known and everybody understands that this is done and it's part of the industry, even if that's true definitionally. Let's give that to you. Fine, so you have the letter of law, but is this the spirit of law? Is this Tov and Yasher? Is this a Sisha Yasher Tov to do what's good and what's straight? Is this something? Now, my intention here isn't to take the moral high ground and to castigate others and pass judgment on what people are doing. Because I myself am a, I'm a flawed individual and I have plenty of areas to, to work on and build on. But I think it's it's an important first step is to acknowledge and check. Check in, in the terms like a hockey check, right? You check it off course. To acknowledge and check this this self-justification. So in Hebrew, they call mora heter. I teach myself why it's permitted. And it's a very human drive that we justify to no means our decisions and to no ends, I'm sorry. We, we always justify and say why I'm right and really I'm right and really I'm doing the good thing. And to realize like, no, like, let's call this out. Let's, let's check it. This is, it's falsehood. It's something that is disdainful and completely to the contrary of the Torah's intent. And don't come to me with, well, definitionally, maybe it's not really falsehood because everybody understands it. Or really... It's, it's, falsehood is in between, it's talking about financial stuff, so it's only by financial things, but when it comes to anything else, you can make up your thing. And the, the connection was being made to, uh, COVID vaccines, to, can I, if I'm not qualified for a group, so let's say, you, you, there, there's one phase, one B, whatever they're doing these days, and, uh, you have to be a person in education. So could I say, well, I'm not really in education, but I know somebody in education. My uncle's brother once was at my house and I tutor somebody on Zoom and maybe when I play guitar, I'm going to sit next to somebody who's in it. Like, there's no ends to all these justifications. And for somebody to come and say, well, you're allowed to lie because really lying is only if I can't. Like, what? Anyway, I'm not telling anyone what to do or passing judgment. But don't use the Torah as a hook for your theories to hang on and say, oh, because definition, I'll show you at the source, is that you end up in the territory of Nabal versus Torah. That the Ramban says, Nachmanides says, a person could be despicable while they're keeping Torah. And that this, this area that we talked about in Sunday's episode, Free Chava. And you could, a person could be following the letter of the law. And if, you, if, you're, if you're not up to there and you feel like this is too much for you and out of your bounds, then okay, go ahead, do your thing. Not that I'm condoning it, but you have that autonomy. But don't go afterward and tell everybody, well, so really this is... The right thing to do. That's when really all immoral decisions 
take on its form and they really become immoral. And it's not no longer a lapse in what the greatest, truest self I could be. Because that's how really what we should view our mistakes and our failures and our disappointments that at betraying who I really could have become. And that's okay because we're human and we have times that we come up short and therefore we double back down and tomorrow is a new day and we come up with a better strategy and hopefully a more effective one. And if not, we try it again and try something else and keep trying. That's the human condition. But then for someone to come and say, no, 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 really, it's good to do this because this is how you're supposed to do this. That's when it becomes the, the problem. We, if you recall back on the Chavrusa, be true to yourself. The notion, be true to yourself. Right? There's two ways that it's taken in the world. Number one is be true to yourself. And if you're doing something that's inhibiting your your best potential self. So the example we gave was a cocaine addict. That when you give in to that urge and pull and you take a hit, you're not being true to yourself. You're betraying yourself. Betraying yourself. Because yourself is the, the greatest possible you. As opposed to the second version who says, no, be true to yourself and go ahead and give into this urge. And whatever animalistic lust you have, go with it. And not only do it, but then call out everybody else that isn't doing it. Because take the moral high ground and, and show and justify and find this source and that source and twist whatever you could twist. And then and it's, it's finally resonating in its fullest sense this idea of Rav Hanach Leibowitz that I heard from Rav Hanach Leibowitz who is the Rosh Shiva of Chafetz Chaim Yeshiva in New York who cautioned over and over don't use the Torah as a hook to hang your theories on and I think that's the import and that's the impact of what he's saying don't come and say well lying is only da 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 go ahead you want to go and then fudge your numbers to gain more money or more customers or vaccines do your thing but don't blame it on sources don't don't take the high ground there right. just to clarify and to prove the point there are specific instances that the torah goes out of its way to instruct us that one is allowed to deviate from the truth what are some examples one is when it's very clear that bending the truth will accomplish a sense of shalom a sense of peace and the greatest source from this is the torah itself from hashem when he's reporting back to avraham to abraham what his wife sarah said about kids when Sarah was told she was going to have a child, she said, after I'm all withered, like get smooth skin, and my husband's old already. When Hashem repeats her comments to Avram, he says, Sarah says, your wife said, how can I give birth when I am old? And Rashi explains, Hashem changed Sarah's words so that Abraham wouldn't realize that Sarah made a denigrating remark about him. This type of method was famously employed by Aaron. Aaron, brother of Moses, the high priest, calling Gadol, he would endeavor to make peace between quarreling spouses, friends. He approaches one person and says, 
the other side is really sorry. They really want to reconcile with you. And the person will hear that and says, oh, very interesting. That's that's really cool to know that they want to make peace. And he would quickly go to the other side and said, by the way, the other side, they really want to, they really want to make amends with you. And by doing that, everyone would be at peace. And it's actually uh, not only is it allowed in this sense, the riff says that it's actually a mitzvah to do it in this sense, to bring peace. So that's one. It's clearly going to bring peace. Another one is in an attempt to maintain a sense of humility. If somebody asks you, how much have you learned? Do you know the answer to this question? Have you learned this complicated Talmudic tracting? So, if a person right then and there, if they feel that the circumstance that the person isn't trying to actually learn, but they just want to like see, oh, how much have you learned? How many degrees do you have? Things like that. And it's okay to mitigate and to downplay your achievements. If you feel like it's just showboating. Another one is to maintain modesty. Another one is to protect somebody else from harm or inconvenience. The modesty example is if somebody asks you a question that you deem is inappropriate and shouldn't be public knowledge, you don't have to, you know, say exactly, oh, well, truth is the end all and I got to stay true. Uh, third one, fourth one is here is to protect somebody from harm or inconvenience. So if you know that a person's very gracious and they hosted you once, and now somebody says, does anyone know a host in Silver Spring or in New York that could host? So just because somebody hosted you once, if you're going to now go and blast that out without first checking with your host, so then that could put them in very uncomfortable situations. A similar vein, perhaps, is if a person has a incurable illness. And if you tell that person or you tell their elderly grandparent about it, and that might be detrimental to their health in a very old age, somebody might, the shock might really affect them. So maybe it's proper to withhold it if it's going to save somebody from harm or inconvenience or to save somebody from embarrassment. And that's the Talmud says that a person is allowed to say, um, even if they don't think that, uh, you know, you go to a wedding, you don't think the wedding's so nice, but the person puts so much effort or, the, the parties there are not as, uh, you know, the, the, the bride is gushing about, oh, is my husband so, uh, so dapper? Look at, look at him in that tux. Isn't he so, uh, cute? Um, so even if he isn't particularly, uh, gracious, you could go ahead and, and say something. Vice versa. There's also some complicated scenarios. So let's say if you were conned, you were conned, you lost a lot of money. So, and the only way for you to get your money back is to be deceptive, to recoup those losses. Then there too, it, w it would be ethical for one to employ a, a deceptive method in order to regain, to protect your lawfully earned gains. We see the story with Jacob getting back his money from uh, after being defrauded by his father-in-law, Lavan. But these are exceptions. So 
the proof is that the fact that in these specific instances it's allowed is everywhere else it is not. And even then, if you look in the actual way it's termed, the Torah says, in these cases, a person can be mishana b'diburo. A person could change the words, could bend the truth. You still, even in these cases, can't go out and say an outright lie. There are exceptions, so you could downplay, you could shift the conversation when somebody asks you something inappropriate or that would lead to arrogance. You could be mishana b'diburo, you could say maybe a half-truth in these specific exceptions. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Harusa. If you enjoyed before, you even subscribe and rate it five stars and review and all that, and listen to the other episodes, please reach out to me. Let me know your thoughts, connections, ideas, questions, critiques. My number is 347-893-4467. Podcast at gmail.com or across social media channels. Thank you. Have a wonderful day overflowing with happiness.